0: Top 5 anything just gives me anxiety, to be very honest with you <laughs> Yeah. That yeah, I'm like... Ah. What's up, listeners? Nerds? Welcome to this Force 5 mini-episode. I am your host, Jason Kleberg. On today's show, just a couple of things. We're going to talk about what we missed last week when Ryan Verrill and I talked Top 5 physical media releases of 2023, and then we're going to get to my review of the new film, Mean Girls, which is in theaters now. But first up, we got to give a shout out to Pete Abeda from the Middle Class Film Class for being the first to point out what Streamberry was from on the last episode. It is, of course, from Black Mirror, a great show that I highly recommend. And I also highly recommend Pete Abeda's Middle Class Film Class podcast. They do some real great reviews on there. Please subscribe to them. And if you get a chance, you got some extra bucks to throw out there, give them a shot on Patreon as well. All right, there were a ton of great physical media releases that Ryan from Disconnected and I talked about last week, but there were also, of course, a ton that we weren't able to mention. Luckily, the internet was quick to tell us what we missed. Not in the top five did they get it right. Excuse my language. Okay. Hell no. (laughs) I can't believe. Who who made that list? Who made that list? blasphemous! Don't look at me! That's <laughs> blasphemous! Over on Twitter, at Castles of Imogen said, I'm glad WandaVision got a release at all. I was not expecting that from the Disney Plus shows, and I hope the rest do too. And yeah, that was a surprise to me too. Mandalorian, Loki, WandaVision all got released and with nice steelbooks. So that was really cool. Overly Honest Movie Reviews at Overly Honest MR had both the Psycho box set and Enter the Video Store, Empire of Screams from Arrow. Both great sets. Dracula Beyond Stoker at DBS underscore press said, I'm loving Criterion's Todd Browning's Sideshow Shockers. It's a phenomenal set made even more special as we just lost David J. Skull and this may be his last completed project. At Robert Brian 23 said the Walmart exclusive Oppenheimer 4K, absolutely beautiful set. I've heard a lot of great things about the picture and the sound on that disc. And Jay Hoffman at odd underscore it said there were a lot of great releases in 2023, but my number one with a bullet, the Warriors. I need to get that 4K set before that thing goes out of print because it looks amazing. Over on Reddit, I did not start a new thread because they had already like a bunch of best of 2023 threads. I didn't want to clog the system. So a couple of the suggestions from users on there. Generic username 45023 said the Kino release of To Live and Die in LA. It's gorgeous. The sunsets and neon pop so well. I have that one. I haven't thrown in the 4k yet though. So I got to check that out. CW coats said showgirls, gorgeous packaging and stacked extras aside. The 4k transfer adds to the film's themes of excess. It deserves to look this good. Joshin Shin Min, or Josh In Min, whichever that is, said, uh, I think it's a tie between Criterion's The Last Picture Show, 1971, and Vinegar Syndrome's Lost Picture Show box set, which both Ryan and I talked about on the episode. Do not know why I'm here, said Texas Chainsaw Massacre from Second Sight. I did not pick that one up, but that one got a lot of fanfare online. Great set. That Raging Bull said either The Hellraiser Quartet of Torment or The Sensual World of Black Emmanuel. Goten Rocco said Pasolini 101 from Criterion. And finally, Hakim84 said Creepshow from Shout and added What a Transfer. I hope that with that episode, you all got really excited about physical media. You should add what you love into your collection because let me tell you, your favorite film is not always gonna be on streaming and at some point it may be just gone from the internet altogether. So buy the films that you love so you can watch them whenever you want to. All right, let's talk Mean Girls from 2024. May have everyone's attention, please. We have a new student. What's up, Kitty? Are you trying to make the rest of us feel dumb? I'm not trying to. It's just happening. Dear God, woman. Get in, loser. Regina George is a scum sucking life burner. Why is he by our table? Oh, I can hear you, by the way. Can you hear me now? My wife and I are huge fans of 2004's Mean Girls. It was impeccably written, it was perfectly cast, it was endlessly quotable, and now I can't believe that it's 20 years old. But in terms of early to mid-2000s comedies, I think only Wet Hot American Summer and Old School come close in terms of laughs and quotes for me. Now, my wife and I wanted to see the Mean Girls Broadway musical, but we never got to. And that being said, when they announced that the Broadway musical was being adapted for the screen, I'd say our excitement was tepid. It was mild at best. Would this version prove that Plastic is, in fact, forever? Or would it simply feel like they were running one of this century's great comedies straight into the ground? Mean Girls is the story of Katie, played by Andre Rice, a high school student who moves to Illinois from Kenya after her mom takes a job there. High school is going to be a completely new experience for Katie since she's been homeschooled her whole life. When she arrives, she's taken under the wings of Janice and Damien, two social outcasts who show her the ins and outs of the school, taking special care to explain why the Plastics, three girls who run the school's social scene, are evil. Regina George, the leader of the Plastics, unexpectedly brings Katie into the fold, leading to tension on all sides. As usual, we'll start with the things I liked here. I thought Andre Rice was pretty good as Katie, a tall task, seeing as that Lindsay Lohan was really great in the original. Now, her singing voice is not always up to the level as some of her co-stars, but that is to be expected because she is an actor first. She really looked like she transformed as she went from the dorky new kid to the school's queen bee, so I thought that was really effective. Opposite her is Renee Rapp, who plays Regina George. Miss Rapp can sing, and she does so quite well. She's a musical artist by trade, she played Regina in the original Broadway run, and I thought she did a great job as Regina, but let's be honest, Rachel McAdams left some big shoes to fill, and I don't know that anybody could be a better Regina George than her. The actors who played Janice and Damien were great as well. Janice is played by, uh, I'm gonna butcher this name, but... Auli Cravalho, best known for being the voice and soon the face of Disney's Moana. She is electric, whether she's singing or not. I left this film thinking that she has a certain star quality that is very hard to find. I think she's going to be on our screens endlessly for the next decade, and I'm here for it. Damien is played by Jaquel Spivey in his feature film debut, and he oozed charisma. He was great, too. Just like in the original film, there are a few fun side characters. Tina Fey and Tim Meadows reprise their roles. John Hamm plays a sex ed teacher in a role that was probably like a one-day thing. I I think every one of his scenes are filmed in this one classroom. But hey, cool to see him there after I'm seeing him in Fargo season 5. Here he is as a sex ed teacher. And there's also another fun cameo that I won't spoil. Speaking of casting, whoever cast Jenna Fisher and Busy Phillips as Katie and Regina's mothers Bravo, bravo, I am clapping. Both pairs looked like dead ringers and could easily pass as real family members. I thought that was great. Overall, the cast was really diverse. So if you like being able to see yourself on screen, there are plenty of options for just about anybody here. The other thing that stuck out to me as a positive was the cinematography, particularly during the song sequences. There was a revenge party set that turned the hallways of the school into a lush, densely colored hallway, and it really popped. There were several times that the aspect ratio changed to give a certain music video look, and that worked for me too. The cinematographer was Bill Kerstein, who has a background shooting music videos for people like Beyonce and Justin Timberlake, so clearly that was intentional. On the flip side, there were also a lot of things about Mean Girls that I did not like. The first, and most glaring, was the music. Like I said at the top, I haven't seen the Broadway musical, but just reading about the film afterwards, I'm not alone. They changed a lot from the musical to the screen, which is expected, but it appears that some fan favorites were just completely missing. I didn't leave with anything stuck in my head, and I certainly didn't tee the soundtrack up on my phone for the ride home. I don't know how to describe it, but I I I don't know. I I feel like the music just felt cheap for some reason. It's not the fault of the singers. I want to make that clear. I thought they did a really good job. It was more from the production side. Maybe they just sounded a little bit sparse to what I'm used to. I also thought that the other two plastics outside of Regina George were completely wasted. First, you have Gretchen Wieners, played by B.B. Wood in this version, and it felt like her character was just kind of neutered from the first film. She didn't get a whole lot to do. She gets a great line when she tries to make fetch work, of course, and she says that it's probably from some old movie, obviously referencing the first one. But overall, she doesn't have much to do. She's forgettable, while the original Gretchen character had some teeth to her. There's also an odd kind of shoehorned line in about a music box her Abuelito gave to her, a line that really felt like it was just trying to check that diversity box. On the other side, you have the character of Karen, who was the biggest miss in this film for me. The original Karen role played by Amanda Seyfried in, it's just a great role for her. The character was really dumb, but this character is damn near brain dead. In the very first scene, she sticks a straw up her nose on accident while trying to take a drink, and she only gets dumber from there. It felt like this was not a, a fully functioning human being. Far from an actual high schooler and closer to being a caricature of the original. Just terrible. And even worse, none of her lines are funny. So it starts to feel less <laughs> like comedic and more sad, honestly. I didn't dislike my time watching Mean Girls, but I think if you're a fan of the original, there's nothing in this adaptation that is going to compel you to watch it again. The references to the original were fun at times, but other times they felt really forced. For example, the comedic timing in the original when Tim Meadows says he won't cancel a dance because he already paid for the DJ, that was hilarious. It's one of my favorite lines in that film, but here it fell flat, and I don't think it was Meadows' delivery. I think it was more the way that that scene was edited. They also left out some really great lines from the original that I missed. There were a few that I was sad to see left out. Boo, you whore, for example. But the most egregious, a sign of the very PC, walking on eggshells culture that we're all living in, is that they cut the iconic line, if you're from Africa, why are you white? I don't know. I feel like you could get away with that if it was done in a good way. But it it made me feel like the original had more bite, and this film was missing that bite. There were plenty of differences from the original, but I'm going to let you discover those on your own if you do want to see this. I think that the next time I want to dip back into North Shore High for an hour and a half, I'm going to put on the original. I personally don't think there's any reason to watch this a second time. I gave Mean Girls from 2024 two and a half stars on Letterboxd. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to this mini episode. I hope you join me next week when filmmaker Joe Lynch comes on. Yeah, Joe Lynch is coming on the show. We're going to talk top five erotic thrillers. It's a great episode. So join me for that. And I will talk to you Monday.